2: It's Wednesday afternoon. You know what that means? It's time for the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamslitt to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. The daily wrestling podcast, where not only do we preview and review AEW Dynamite, you mean P- baby, but Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh Hello. premium live events pay-per-views we have wrestler interviews we have roundtable discussions sometimes we answer your wrestling questions and we host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture Hamlet, don't know about you but i'm excited for full gear but something is still missing um what that is but there's just something i don't know if my personal subjective heart just isn't as into it as i once was but something's missing and if is the same for you and can they correct it tonight
3: sort of sort of i'm like up and down the card which i'm doing some predictions for, for the website soon you'll be able to see it at whatclutch.com forward slash wwe after tomorrow's dynamite obviously um i'm kind of reminded that in terms of just building a basic uh hotly anticipated pay-per-view i'm greatly into full gear Really? It's, uh, it's got a bunch of matches that feel unpredictable, which is somewhat unusual for an AEW card, especially in the world title scene. It's rare that, they're, like it's often that we say, oh man, this is one of the biggest AEW title matches ever. They're really good at that. What they're less impressive at is making the outcome unpredictable. And that's definitely felt the case up and down this card. I think full gear is so crucial. The success of full gear is so crucial to AEW because between all out in this pay-per-view, and I'm sure this pay-per-view will mark the end of it. We are still in the before punk, after punk like era. And that man doesn't need any more Christ-like connotations as it is. But that's the reality. I think full gear will uh bottom line this last little run of AEW from all out that's had to do, had to like cobble together a pay-per-view in less than favorable circumstances and has done a pretty good job of it. And I think we'll feel especially if the result the main event goes, as many think it might with MJF winning, will feel like a restart that AEW badly, badly needed. But as a result, like the Dynamites, some have been great, some have been all over the shop, but I think all of them have taken place in this little hinterland. And I wonder if, because AEW traditionally anyway, booked pay-per-view to pay-per-view, will able just to be sort of able to brush off this cycle after full gear. I do wonder if there'll be a bit of a thing, you know that Simpsons bit where, all the kids could stand outside and rub their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do wonder if after Full Gear there'll be that sense, especially heading into next week's Dynamite, as if right, is now the time just to get to watching this under the conditions of a normal wrestling show rather than in the aftermath of this chaos?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I hope that is the case as well. But let's uh, dive straight into the actual morsel-by-morsel morsel content. We'll start with the Full Gear Eliminator tournament because I think we're getting one match and maybe not the other I poured through the socials Hmm. um, and the website which is rarely updated to be fair (laughs) and various other news wrestling news sites just in case anyone had to scoop and I don't know what's going on is Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer happening tonight certainly on the collage that AEW drops on its Twitter account this match isn't included is that because there's literally no space from it because we're hearing from half the roster and that roster is ginormous um or is it just not happening tonight um ultimately is Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer happening tonight because if it isn't it's going to require one hell of a babyface showing from Ricky Starks on Friday
3: I would assume it isn't. Um, this feels like it isn't an error on AEW's part to leave it off the marketing. They are looking, obviously, the, um, the Junaki Armour appearance on this uh, Rampage full gear special they're doing on Friday is definitely there to appeal to the like hardcore fans that would like watch AEW in the hope of a surprise like this. Um, but Tony Khan continues this. I mean, there's plenty of debate whether or not it's working, but there's concerted effort to change the narrative around Rampage. And I wonder if that last minute excitement oh there's still one place in the eliminator can ricky stark's recovering time and like right up to the line booking by booking him either on rampage or as i pitched to you over slack even possibly on zero hour this idea that lance archer is like everybody dies and ricky starks has died before he's even made it to the ring just put me in the final boss give me the bye and then ricky starks does the gutsy baby face come back nobody would have thought he would have made it back it was only a backstage beatdown but they've just got to ramp up the drama I wonder if it's set for Friday or even Saturday instead. And it's just either it allows Ethan Page to get an easier win against the more tired Starks or it puts over Lance Archer in defeat, maybe. I just have a sense that we're not going to see that one tonight.
2: Yeah, the reality, and I sometimes struggle to reconcile this, is that every name star has to be protected by the Booker in some way. Now, the problem, and I've articulated this many times, is that there are now far too many star acts in AEW, and tony khan is really quite um tentative and timid when it comes to beating people and um, you can accomplish this in many ways right you can either just trust the audience to believe in the guy afterwards if they just go down on their sword in a really closely contested match increasingly to my immense frustration tony khan doesn't want to do this so he takes the alternative wwe adjacent route in which there's loads of schmoz interferences distractions and I hate how it's gone to the other extreme, truly. This, if in fact Starks versus Archer, isn't happening tonight. And it happens on Friday or across Friday and Saturday. If in fact Paige wins the tournament, which as we've discussed previously, is the best result ahead of MGF versus Moxley. It's the perfect result because it's sort of puts in doubt the idea that we're going to see an aces and aids thing mm. what a way of protecting ricky starks in the context of this tournament that he doesn't win if he has to be two let's face it at this point fairly expendable monsters in one evening or 20 in a 24 hour period Um so i'm really looking forward to seeing how all of this unfolds i think it's really quite uh adept looking on the part of tony khan and uh yeah even if he makes it through when we get a last minute match announcement of our stocks you know it's touch and go but he's ready for dynamite tonight i still think it more or less accomplishes that goal but go bold do it across the friday and saturday i'm into that idea um and the other um semi-final as opposed to the quarter that hasn't happened yet um, it's so very interesting is of course bandido versus ethan page i think at this point it's a formality That Page wins. I think there'll be much discourse about it, considering a lot of people are really high on Bandito, and Ethan Page has yet to really prove himself as a sort of main event caliber or adjacent talent. Um, Do you think it's as straightforward as that? And do you think the match will be any good?
3: I think the match will be good, but I think unfortunately it is as straightforward as that. Um, Ethan Page, I don't know where I'm really at with Ethan Page. I think he is, I think what's happened here is that he has been told that there is a role forthcoming. And he has absolutely talked himself into warranting that role kind of as he did for the north uh, the all-atlantic title thing that just never materialized yeah it feels like twice now he's been given the nod that something's going to happen and he's thinks right i'll perform up to that level and he feels worthy of the place but and this is not to be critical of ethan page specifically but sometimes i think the way in which aw books that ultimately makes a win or a moment too much of a foregone conclusion that you don't really invest in the drama along the way I think the match will be tremendous, I'd like to think Bandido is going to work for as long as possible at the level he did before he got his deal, the sort of nights where you just know you've watched somebody very special like a once in a generation performer the sort of stuff that really nobody else in the world can do those are the wrestlers that should be on Dynamite if, it, if it's still like the key destination so I have no concerns about the quality of the match, uh, I just, it's they might get there. I just think everybody is trying very hard to pretend that this is was never going to be Ethan Page's straight read to the final and probably the win as well. Yeah, there's one spot you can virtually guarantee is going to happen. And
2: Ethan Page is such an enormous fellow that Bandido doing the potential one-arm bench press to him should really mm. get a big pop in the building. And again, if you showcase your performer in spots like that, people will remember them and people will think highly of them after the fact, even in the event of a defeat. Um, I just hope it's clean. Ultimately, I can understand why they really protected Kingston. I can understand why they, air quotes, protected um, Roosh with that bandido win because, you know, he hasn't really done much and he can still do so much more, et cetera, et cetera. But if Page, Ethan Page, even if he's a heel, is going to win this tournament or at least reach the final, you want to believe that it's, that he's legitimate in some way, yeah. the guy's going to have the first major match, potentially, of the MGF reign. So you want him to be strengthened as much as possible um, for that purpose. But yeah, um, an uneven bracket, I would describe the full gear eliminator tournament as, but there's enough mystery in it um, to really sort of sink your teeth into it. Um, I'm going to sink my teeth into this, much like Ace Steel, because the next thing we are previewing is a... AEW World Trio's title match between Death Triangle and AR Fox and Top Flight. If I don't make some kind of ridiculous noise during this match, it will be a disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most low-key gifted aerialists on the indie scene in AR Fox. You've got the two most prodigious aerialists in Top Flight. Great to see Darius uh, Martin return, incidentally. Mm -hmm. And you've got three of the most preeminent global mainstream aerialists in pack and the lucha Bros all share in the same ring in itself this is a glorious prospect and i feel like when death triangle inevitably win but this one albeit predictable who cares like they will fool you with at least three or four massive near falls all action blistering chaos if this is tight and it clicks And with Lucha Bros' uneven form in 2022, admittedly, that is no guarantee. This should be spectacular. This should make you make those weird shrieks and ridiculous noises in your living room. I really hope the audience is up for it because this could be a special TV match. And I do think that when Death Triangle inevitably win, they are either going to issue an open challenge for Full Gear so that you save that monster pop for a... Set of fans that are over the 10,000 mark as opposed to, a seen tonight's attendance. No, it's down from the last time they were in the building. Um, it's in Connecticut from what 5,500 to, to like 2,900
3: going into enemy territory. I yeah, see.
2: yeah, going into the feds' backyard. And they did well last time, but not so good all this time. Um, or lights go out. Carry on my way with Sun by Kansas, blares out the speakers, (laughs) and you get the face to face confrontation with the idea being that look, everyone knows it's going to be the elite, and I think they are going for that same shred of doubt of, Oh, is it going to be CM Punk? Is it going to be Bray Wyatt? But it just doesn't work in the same way because, like, they've appeared on television, it's not been that long. Um, but yeah, I hope we see them, I hope we get a brawl.
3: Um, but are we actually going to see them in any capacity? I think we might, yeah, I think I'm with you, I think it's a different I could understand the rationale for- like the people are already in the building now so it's not like you're selling tickets to it, but I could understand the rationale for trying to hold the people in the palm of your hands for that last minute of doubt are the elite, is it going to be the elite is their music gonna hit but everybody knows that's the case um I suppose the only doubt at this point and I'm assuming this dynamite will confirm it either way is if the full gear come back the full gear like iconography was in the graphic for the elite last week it's happening there it's just what they were going to do we have all presumed it'll be right straight to the business of resetting the trios division um this could confirm or deny that tonight i suppose but i I would expect them to make their appearance possibly some sort of brawl i was thinking about the match um does this just absolutely delight and then pack proverbially pop the balloon by smashing AR Fox with a hammer for the win. So you're watching all this tremendous action being fought fairly and fought with all this grace, and then Pac pisses off his own partners by just resorting to his dirty tricks, and that be the win, and then maybe, and rather than like just them suddenly being, because we've said, this has kind of been booked backwards. The, you know, the champions are hardly on some sort of winning streak, heading into fighting the elite, but do they win through these nefarious means, and then there's a bit of a shoving contest going on. And then the elite come out almost to show them what a real trio should look like yeah that's that's like the unspoken build you are absolute clowns you shouldn't have even had the belts in the first place you only had them because the situation taken out of control we're going to fix this we're going to fix this and we have to start by fixing you and we beat you know like you don't need to verbalize that like fans aw fans especially are smart enough to pick up on all those clues but just one group that are completely crumbling and then a, a trio more united than ever in Omega and the Young Bucks, what they've got through together. And that becomes the very basic premise of the story for Sunday. Absolutely.
2: Uh, before we move on, just one more take on this. I think it would be a really, not disastrous, but a certainly humiliating self-own. Nothing is going to come close to the intrigue and scope and magnitude of the first dance, right? That shred of doubt, the viral marketing campaign, Okay if the elite giving why they've been off tv this long don't and they can't come close to replicating the same buzz as the first dance it just looks like a win for cm punk in this optics battle in this yes. battle so it would look so pathetic if they try to get the same level of ovation by mm-hmm. leaving it that little bit of a mystery if they are in fact returning at full gear like they'll get a pop but it won't be anywhere near as big and i just think it'll be 1-0 to cm punk if they try and do a similar kind of reintroduction. Um, So I hope that isn't the case. I hope we just see them. It's been too too long. I just want to see Kenny Omega at this point. Um, Two birds, one stone here because there's a match and another segment that you expect to precede the other. Anthony Bones versus Swerve Strickland um, accompanied by an acclaimed music video. So I expect that we'll see the acclaimed music video um, that'll proceed Bowens' entrance and they might get an additional wrap or they might save it um, for full gear. This is possibly the, well, it's very much the best version of previewing the tag team match. You've got the best sort of worker versus of each team um, pitted against one another. I would prefer it if they weren't doing a similar preview to another match. That's at full gear tonight. I feel like that's a little bit lazy, but in and of themselves, both matches um, or something to look forward to,
3: yeah. I'm banging at this combination. Um, and it, as you say, it's probably the, the perfect time for it as well. Bones and Strickland would it's very much one of those on paper combinations, even if there's no storyline. The fact that it's got all this um tag team title stuff and the music video wrapped around it, I think just ensures such a really good time. I think the crowd will be mega mega up for th- this. There was a lot of pressure on this third match to deliver more in line with the first, the, the full game match to deliver more in line with the first match than the second but the fans and the audiences are just with all of it um i want two developments here but this is all very much to do with um you know what i think might happen at, or uh at full gear and i guess like we might talk about that at another point but i i really would like i, I would just like um and our glory to get the belts back so i'm trying to think about it from that point of view and i wonder if Swerve. two things here swerve will target anthony bones is so that becomes a target again for Sunday and Saturday in the same way it was back at All Out because his selling of that was absolutely fantastic. So they'd be foolish not to revisit it even a little bit. But Anthony Bones to win due to miscommunication between Strickland and Keith Lee. I know that that sometimes feels tired. I know that WWE bastardised, can they coexist? But the point of all this is I believe they can coexist and I believe Keith Lee will make the choice. On I don't think it's a. it was a setup all along I think it's Keith Lee going to work every day and deciding if he wants to hang out with Swerve Strickland or not. Feels real. And I think he will make the choice on Saturday that being hanging out with Sneaky Swerve got them the belts, trying to be virtuous, lost them. Uh, I think tonight we will see this little bit of, oh, they just can't keep it together anymore. It's all done and dusted for Swerve and our glory at the weekend. And then that'll be uh, a red herring for, for Saturday. And the, the video will be part of because they always are. You just
2: do not want the AEW Freakazoids to have a good time. They're bloody. <laughs>
3: You hate the acclaimed. Everyone loves the acclaimed. Dr. I, I think they can still sell foam scissors without them having the belts, personally. I would just give them a bloody run because they're draws and
2: they're incredibly over. So that's what I would do, but I know what business is. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I do really like the idea. I'm not being that much of a dick, but I do really agree with you on the idea of they should, again, work that knee because if anything else, it gives Keith Lee the opportunity to drive Um, forward the inevitable split with the idea of being right okay you did it once different we were in the guts of the match we did want to defend those titles successfully but like come on make the fair freaking fight beforehand so you could have easily bemoaning swerves um, tactics during the match and that'll act as a really strong hint towards what feels like the inevitable but we shall see on saturday i suppose um up next we're going to preview at uh, tony stone versus the bunny but guess what we're not going to play we are not going to play ladies night you you want to know why it's not yeah. fair because yeah. one of the three isn't present and it would be an absolute dick move <laughs> where can play knowing that adam wilborn can't fairly compete do you agree yeah. with this 100 he, why said, did he yeah. do it last week you yeah know, you know that i like to win you know that i'm an inherently competitive guy you know that even when stacks comes on the podcasts and tells us jokes i want to guess the punchline i'm a yeah. competitive guy so why did he make it
3: unfair Wilborn said he had a text i was led to believe that there was a text on his phone uh said three hours i'm really pleased that you managed to incorporate the lean into the zoom call by the way
4: a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash WhatCulture today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash
3: WhatCulture. Are you sitting? Are you sitting in your normal podcast chair? Yeah, I'm in the podcast studio. Like, are you in your seat? the walls the same. i wasn't sure if you go to your seat because i go to mine when i recorded you like we have our we have our set seats i like that that's nice
2: uh yeah i just thought i thought why would i pick three hours though do you think i'm an idiot uh funny
3: right okay who's going to win tony storm or the bunny i've got a feeling it might go tony storm's way i uh I know that I know that you were just using business metrics to explain why the claim should retain. So all business metrics point to the bunny getting the W here, the draw. I acknowledge you. It's a bigger draw than Roman Reigns. That is a factually correct statement. Only dealing facts on this podcast. Like I acknowledge you. Um, so I, you know, do you think uh, people, you're more people should respect cool. the
0: bunny? So I right? do it.
3: Like it's a draw because I do. Doing jinx pop pat uh, on a podcast to such an extent that it probably muted the pair of us. Yeah. Of so even the list that was strictly for us, even the listeners has missed it. Uh aye, Tony Storm wins here. Bunny, we, we do this quite a lot with the likes of the bunny and Penelope Ford and select others. These poor women that disappear and then get dropped back into the rotation, they can all go. Um, so I think this match will be pretty decent. Really, really, really liked Tony Storm's uh women's title run thus far. She feels like the uh working world champion this division is needed in forever so the fact that she comes out most weeks and either wrestles title matches or contenders challenges or whatever i think has been such a boon for the division i expect her to win uh and i don't need much more on um the jamie hater build either We're, we're we're exactly where we need to be for that match too
2: yeah it's look they've told an actual story so i will permit this but it could just be as simple as tony stone wins holds a lot of title Hater comes out on the ramp, points at the title. Yeah. I will permit that given that we actually have had a bit of backstory. And I'm really looking forward to um the countdown to full gear. Um, because you could tell that the material that they showed on a pre-tape um about a week or so ago, mm, yes. talking about the pandemic, was obviously um cribbed from that
3: forthcoming special. So I'd like to see it explored that little bit further. This has just reminded me because we talked about this on the review at the Titan in that uh snack bit of footage from the what we assume to be the uh the previous uh content there was the uh drone b-roll wasn't it over british terraces and tonight do we not get confirmation of the tour of the whatever the uk shows are going to be did they not say last week that it would be announced tonight yeah i'm gonna get my calendar out <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely um there's a dark twitter rumor suggesting that the hot gossip is that it's going to take place across two nights dynamite and rampage in april mm. look they counter programmed first all's fair and love and war i think provided it's the case and don't adjust your calendars i might not know nothing here yeah but uh you know a little birdie on the bird app says that potentially it is in fact april now wwe historically runs a do they always call it WrestleMania Revenge? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's always called WrestleMania Revenge. Um, a house show loop in the United Kingdom, immediately or more or less immediately following WrestleMania, funnily enough. And a taping is also incorporated for a Raw or a SmackDown, sometimes but not always. I think Sneaky TK has decided, right, okay, What we're getting hammered in the live event ticket sales, right? We're also getting hammered somehow in the narrative and consensus about what is the hotter show. Uh, certainly, Dynamite, Cursed, though it is, feels hotter when mm. you're watching it because people actually make noise there. But the ratings, the scale, all points in WWE's direction. Could Tony Khan be playing a pricks game and saying, well, we're bigger in one country because I think that first AEW show Irrespective of where it's held, obviously not Wembley Stadium or the Principality. But <laughs> that was that was Will That was Wilborn's, and I've decided to steal it because I'm not usually a pat a thief, but it was too good. Uh, this it's good. I think if it's a massive, massive, massive indoor arena, Wembley Arena, they'll sell it out. They'll sell it out.
3: Hey man, like the other, I didn't realize the nature of the comparison. I was we were talking about this over the desk the other day. And I made a point that because I was like quite excited about the prospect of maybe you know stadium show. I know Craven Cottage isn't for everybody, but just a, a football stadium show, something big, maybe a pay-per-view, maybe the fighter fest that we were you know had potentially been on the cars in 2020, all that. I was, I made a point that this felt those dates in those cities in particular felt like a TNA tour. But then there was two things I didn't consider from that. Cause I used to go to those TNA tours in the UK when uh, TNA T and Aired for free on like UK channels, was that um well, Jeff Jarrett was one of the people that made such great contacts. And look, he was just coming to the company as a live event czar that WWE didn't want. So maybe those same contacts have opened this up. And those TNA tours sold out the airs. They would block tape like a month of television in those buildings because they were the only places where they were full. I'm not suggesting at all that AEW is in that position that TNA were in then. But like you're saying about some of the markets going so they certainly wouldn't look it in, in the UK. You'd have two of the hot dynamite or rampages of the of the spring of the summer whatever and in contrast to that as we know from some of the house shows over here WWE have killed most of the towns mm-hmm. like, uh, they don't even do I'll never go anymore they don't do our neck of the woods every time anyway um they don't sell out almost ever i think they might have sold the last post-pandemic house show out um either the tickets are pretty expensive for the fact that they don't often send a lot of their biggest stars anymore it's, it's become a bit of an like The UK house show circuit has become a bit of a neglected thing of theirs post-pandemic. So not just for the optics of still looking like this big successful brand in WWE's time of year. There's something to be said for just taking advantage of people being more interested in your product live. There is an, like, I can't overstate the thirst for AW Live in this country. I do wonder if, like, our American listeners fully appreciate that. It feels like something that was taken away in 2020 that's yet to be given back when everything else post all the lockdowns. Has started to be normalized. This has still taken what three years by the time it gets in. So I, I, they're probably, it is absolutely worth the gamble, even if, even if it even scans as a gamble, it's still worth it. Yeah. Uh, before we, uh, preview the
2: various we hear from interviews, there's one more match that is definitely confirmed, you know, all going well. We do live in a post 2020 world, and that is Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson, uh, versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevorrow. Uh, Guevorrow, Guevara, uh, Guevara, Guevara um which ultimately is being booked to hype up um the four-way all of which means that i expect that there's going to be a tag team match danielson and claudio are possibly going to argue over who gets dibs on jericho because they both have an equal stake in that revenge and that claudio was cheated out of the roh world title and um, danielson has laid the blame on jericho for creating the division and um, within the blackpool combat club and indeed turning um his young protégé's head and Daniel Garcia and Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And the hint is that Jericho is going to just ask him to lie down and all the rest of it. So maybe there could be some decent symmetry here, actually, where Claudio and Danielson kind of argue about who gets to go into the match. And on the opposite side, Jericho and Guevara are arguing over who doesn't get to go into the match because jericho's like no, no no, your job here is to soften these lads up and then lay down for your, your boss essentially and Guevara could go well hang on no i might want that title so i might be fresh for it mm. i think it's a decent storyline potential here in fact i've talked myself into it it's so weird it's the feud that if it just got dropped i would be like oh well shame we didn't get a conclusion after all that but i don't give a toss mm. and i also enjoy it every week
3: Yeah, I I keep thinking that full game might be um, just the end of the Blackpool Combat Club, as we know. If obviously, depending on the finishes of certain matches, the whole thing could just explode, couldn't it? Certainly blow up in most of the key members' faces. Uh, I'm well more into the four-way at the pay-per-view than I would have been Jericho versus Danielson and Claudio, like as individual singles matches, had my fill of them. But I do wonder if, like, I don't know if this is just basic WWE brain booking here, but is there a storyline argument to have the finish of this? being Sammy doing his, you know, the chair throwing bit on Brian and Brian moving out the way, the chair hits Jericho and Claudio pins Jericho. So you have established established there that you've got a bit of a callback with the Brian match. Uh, You've got Sammy theoretically showing that he can, he's got something, even though it's a literal weapon in his arsenal that can beat Chris Jericho on the night. But then Claudio's getting the visual of a pinfall because he seems like, the weakest of the, the two blackpool combat club members is there a fin if not that exactly is there something along those lines that typically might feel a little bit like good era wwe but instead gets all your points across for the four-way because the four-way itself feels a little bit good era wwe so you might as well lean into that and half of them are the sports entertainers after all as well so i just wonder if there's going to be some sort of finish like that that if it's cute enough you can sort of allow because you can see the various narrative drivers you know what? Between us, I think we've made this match work. Yeah. Even though
2: literally the greatest wrestler of all time potentially is in it. One of the <laughs> one of the hottest prospects and one of the work rate gods. It's us, really. It's us. It does, does it? It does. Yeah. Uh, it, it is us. It is us. Yeah, we've got four separate interview segments advertised um for the show. Um, I'm assuming Starks versus Lance Archer isn't on it on that basis because this is gonna feel rushed out the yes. Mm. otherwise some of them might take the form of in ring pre-tape just a little backstage backdrop with big tony Schiavone. but who the hell knows we'll start with mjf what does he have to say imagine what he has to say when he always just he's like a promo genius
3: yeah i have absolutely no clue i don't know with these mjf stories they invite you it happened with punk and it's happening again with moxley they invite you to spot what you think is going to happen so that you can feel dead clever online and then a week after that they say that thing out loud to tell you that it can't be that thing. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice being stupid, dumbass. Like, of course we knew that's what you'd fantasy book and what you'd think. So is it now that, now that the conversation, and I feel like we were there first actually, but now that the broader conversation has pivoted towards, well, it's Regal, isn't it? It's R- Regal's the difference maker here. Is MJF gonna come out and say that out loud? That like, I would rather die than accept your help of something that is so definitive, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it rules it out completely. Similarly, there are people. I'm still. I would still hate it, truthfully. But I, there are plenty of people that will be all right with the. Uh, yeah, i took my lumps. Finish of the firm helping. I, I really don't want it. But is there going to be something that he does that signpost? It will absolutely not be that. You can expect a lot of things on Saturday, but don't expect that. Like I just wonder if they're going. To, if they know the amount of fantasy booking that they can actually chalk off a finish, while MJF gets his message across. I have great trust in this process as well. MJF and John Moxley. I, I love this pairing because it's quite fitting that they're the two people relied on to be the main event to be the championship contenders in this era of uncertainty for aw the belt is supposed to be stewarded it's supposed to be held by somebody that can lead and i think these two in terms of the quality of the promos perspective quality of the match based on the first match and the other stuff they did they are just they're both rock solid and it makes me feel good that like those guys are competing for the world title so i have a lot of, whatever the mjf thing even if it's just another last week like a snippet of a, a podcast interview i've got trust that it's going to be one of the things that we're most excited to talk about tomorrow
2: yeah absolutely We might as well incorporate the mgf uh, sorry the moxley spiel into this as well because we are due to hear from him maybe it'll be like a promo and then a face-to-face um i don't know what mgf's availability is and uh, they've said something to the effect of i'll be there in full gear which indicates to me that. He won't be there live in person so it's all a bit hard to predict in the it's hard to predict in like the usual case because these guys are just so great and they can as you so articulately said they can really put something across that you hadn't thought of and just drip feed drip feed you along um i don't know what stories left to tell because the beauty of last week's setup was that they just added yet more layers to the mystery mm. And I think that they should preserve that because that's the hook here. It's yeah. not some really personal conflict, Alar Punk and MJF. Um, it's not really a big sporting build either, like some of other Moxley's big pay-per-view matches. This is mystery on top of mystery on top of mystery. It's all incredibly complex and layered and fascinating and almost anxious because you don't want the Aces and eights thing to happen. Um yeah i think that they keep this as brief as possible they would do well to do that i don't tell them how to do that job and i could like be infinite monkeys and the typewriter and they'll all mean i'll never come up with anything as good as they could um but yeah i do think that the mystery is the hook here so let's not show too many hands that's the way i would look at it here um we also hear from some more joe is a three-way happening because
3: we ain't hearing from hobbs or Wardlow as far as we know are we gonna hear from joe who is then interrupted by hobbs to make it clear that there's no alliance there hobbs didn't care that joe's turned on wall on what split up joe and is that them two arguing in the ring or backstage going to draw in Wardlow, and that's going to be a three-way match out of nowhere as a result there's only one way to save this and i can't believe i'm saying this but uh,
2: someone really needs to pay tribute to Tommy Dreamer to save this. What if Joe comes out, talks Hobbs, as you said, comes out makes it clear like he had next. He had next you're not my mate um, I don't know who the f- you think you are actually. Clearly I'd signalled my intentions and then they have a little fight over who gets to have Wardlow at full gear. Wardlow comes out and says I'll take you both because I'm hardcore yeah, love it. Lastly, lastly, we hear from Britt Baker and Saraya. I said on the review last week, hopefully out with day, but go and check it out wherever you get your podcasts from, that I will take pure unbridled, I believe what you're saying, emotion over just you know, badly acted, well constructed, coherent verbiage. Both would be great but i was generous to the saraya promo last week on that basis because i could not feel something for it because i'm not a sociopath do they correct they're very good at listening or they used to be do they correct the um prevailing take that saraya just hasn't done her research and she isn't doing anywhere near enough to endear herself to AEW audiences and as a result they are in fact risking um the fans really siding with Britt baker because she represents aew better it it's a uh, basically premised on whose house this is mm-hmm. and is probably going to win and you can imagine soraya versus tony storm at um revolution this is pe- premised sorry on whose house this is a lot of
3: people wanted to be brick bakers so they need to do something do they not i think so i think you just uh tiptoe back from that a little bit you allow people to forget because I, I assume a lot of it was improvised last week as well, because I just I don't think the direction would have been. Yeah, I'll go out there and tell her that she's nothing until she worked at WrestleMania, which was effectively the subtext of what Sarah was saying last week. Like, I, I've done all that. You've done nothing yet. Well, what has this three years been for if this is nothing? Uh, keep it simple. Heat. Heat out the ass. Uh, Reba slides in a chair and Britt Baker pile drives her on it. The neck, the spine like there is a clear heel and a baby face there is nothing wrong in the narrative that they're, they're trying to get across here of Britt baker being insecure that soraya has arrived to take a spot in aw because she should be she should be threatened if soraya is a threat then it stands to reason that the heel should be threatened by that so what do you do you jump her from behind and you you put the spine on the neck you put her back in hospital with it you see stretch your job the whole deal you know Or like we've had seven days to luxuriate in soraya being cleared and now Britt Baker is so stressed about that that they've put doubt on it days away from the big pay-per-view match. And it's all rooted in that insecurity from Baker. But she can say, while you've been busy doing absolutely nothing, I've been bleeding for all of this. So it does actually tie to last week's thing. You know, she's had all these moments before where she's drenched in blood and she's gone into the pins and she knows that will fight. And that's the sort of thing that maybe she can justify such a heinous action so soon before the match. Something along those lines, I think, just to, just to leave it in, no doubt, like i I is a very very like she radiates likability because you're very aware of the struggles she's been through it's sometimes the material that comes out of her mouth that stands to ruin it yeah i think if you don't if you just do away with that and it is just something physical as she enters on saturday the pop is going to mirror what she got at grand slam because she's going to be in a wrestling gear, and this is happening this is really happening and that's going to feel that's going to it's going to hit different Absolutely, yeah, just a heat angle. God damn it, let's
2: really try to re establish who the face, who the heel is here. Um, just load and load and load the sympathy on Surrea's behalf, like pile driver chair. Perfect. Um, they might want to save that big spot for the match, they could just do the um the lock jaw, uh, Mm -hmm. really wrench back on the neck. And there's loads that can do, but they should really keep it simple, stupid here, in my opinion. Uh, But let us know what you all think. Basically, we usually really solicit your feedback, but I want the copium here. I just want you to tell me, dear listeners, that the Elite are in fact coming back. And you can do so on Twitter, underneath the link to this podcast, at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at um sidgwick if you've not already check out our nxt um review that's on our feeds all going well we should be back albeit via meets zoom whatever so apologies for the diminished audio quality we are working in different circumstances as you can tell and we enjoying some nicely earned time off uh, but yeah all going well we should be back tomorrow and um, hopefully we'll um, see you then but again thank you so much for taking time out of your day we always hugely appreciate it and until the next time we will see you soon
0: small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustolium's new custom spray five and one gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.